Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you? having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. But what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I imagine most of us have some experience with the image of the 99 remaining in the herd and the one who is lost off by himself. Most of us have never had sheep and never will. Maybe I should double check that. Do it. How many people have had sheep? Oh man, we're we're like pushing half here, my bad. <laughs> okay, some of us have never had sheep <laughs> and probably never will. But the image still hits home as a powerful analogy that we can understand without too much difficulty. In a literal sense, we can easily assess that the, the 99 sheep are more valuable than one sheep, right? They are even more valuable than that one sheep if it is a delinquent lamb that cannot manage to stay with the herd, right? Unless it were somehow a prized sheep whose value on the bidding block was somehow worth more than a hundred of its own kind, the sheep that was lost was of no greater value in and of itself than the other 99 that remained in the herd. It's probably safe to say that this one sheep was only one hundredth the value of the whole herd that it had abandoned. Now, it is also easy for us to see from across a few thousand years of time and distance that it would have taken the shepherd great effort, probably a significant amount of time, to find that one lost sheep. With hunting season upon us, many of us out here in western Montana can attest to how much effort it takes to track down one deer or one elk on even the most open of hillsides. It is no easy feat to go after an errant and independent animal. 
Now in a figurative sense, though, we can see the real truth that emerges from the parable of the one lost sheep and the 99 she left behind. I hope that we all have experienced the safety and benefits that can be found in the herd. That is, when folks work together for the benefit and protection of one another. Whether it be from cooperative efforts to build up or maintain our communities and keep them running. Uh, the work to give to our church so that we can do things like, say, hire a pastor. <laughs> keep the lights on or and gather in various ways week after week, season after season. Or even in disaster situations, when it seems like all is lost, but neighbors show up to help each other simply because help is required. I think that many of us have experienced the figurative power of the herd. People helping people. It is good when people show up to protect and provide for one another. Now, the figurative effort that it takes to recover the one that is lost should be clear to us as well. It takes extreme emotional energy, financial resources, and personal effort to help somebody recover, for instance, from the depths of addiction. Can take everything that somebody has to redeem a loved one or a friend from a life of crime and jail time. It can stretch and push us to the brink to help somebody out of toxic relationships, help somebody to start taking care of themselves for the first time, and to help others when they are thoroughly unable to help themselves. These are the wildernesses that so many people find themselves in, hoping for a shepherd to come and rescue them and lead them back to the herd where there is protection and stability. When our youth uh, traveled to San Francisco five years ago, we had the powerful opportunity to go to a recovery center hear about, and hear about the work that the organization does to get people off the streets and back to stable living. Do you remember that, Sean? Yes. That's good, yeah. <laughs> and we also had the opportunity to hear from a man that I shall call Chad and hear about his life story. Now, Chad had uh, grown up with athletic promise and good prospects for his future. He was raised in a middle-class household, and though his parents divorced when he was in middle school, he never doubted that they loved him. In fact, they loved him so much that he learned to manipulate them and get what he wanted. <laughs> he learned he could play off their sympathy to get them to buy him things and show him love and appreciation instead of earning them by his own merits. He did, on the other hand, earn respect for himself mostly through his ability on the gridiron as a football player. He uh, stood out on his high school team, had dreams of the best, being the best college player he could be, and envisioned himself playing in the NFL one day. He struggled in, in the classroom, but thought that his abilities on the field would carry him through life. And despite his poor grades, he did manage to get into college and play some ball 
but within his first year, he messed up his knee and was out of the game for good. He held out hope that he could play again one day, but it didn't take long before it was confirmed that his life as a football player was over. After this, he was crushed. He struggled along, moved back in with his mother, but couldn't find enough purpose to, in life to hold down a job or to stay sober. He started drinking more and more. Then he started using drugs more and more. Didn't take too long before his mother realized that she finally needed to put up some boundaries with her adult son, even though he was barely in his 20s by this point. So she told him he had to leave. He moved in with various friends for short-term periods, but the experience was more or less the same. He was spiraling into his addiction, and the friends he was staying with could not drown with him in it forever. Eventually, he had no more friends left and ended up on the streets of San Francisco. Now homeless in Northern California, Chad shared that he lived in a constant state of fear, constantly afraid, a state of fear that I hope most of us can barely imagine. Chad, who had once been a promising athlete with a bright future, was now completely lost to homelessness and addiction. He was beaten up several times while he scrounged around in his awful circumstances to eke out another buzz, week after week. And he lived daily in a constant state of misery and fear. He was living his worst life possible. Then, late one night, he had a vision of a man leading him around the city. For some reason, he, he followed this guy from street to street, block to block. As they walked along, he kept asking the man, where are we going? The man said, come and see. They turned corner after corner and he would keep asking, where are we going? Response was the same every time. Come and see. Come and see. He thought about turning around and going his own way, but deep down he knew he had to follow where this man was leading. Come and see. As it turns out, he was being shepherded out of the wilderness of his life and back to the 99. The man in the vision ended up leading him to the rehab center where he told us his story. Years later, finally sober and finally safe. Though he had been lost to his own destruction and despair, he had been found by a community, by a herd, who showed him a better way. He was honest when he said that every day continued to be a struggle for him. But he was also honest when he told us that his life was better for being sober and better for being part of that community. Through great effort, the community had shepherded one who was lost, and now he was found.
Just as much as most of us can probably relate to how much effort it takes to find one who was lost. I hope that we can also relate to the joy of the shepherd who finds that one and brings him home. There is joy in the finding. And there is joy in being found. Everyone in our group was greatly moved when Chad told us his story. And we all rejoiced that he was now safe and sound in the herd. And we can all rejoice when the lost are found, and we all should, for God rejoices with us too. Even more than that, we can all rejoice that God in Jesus Christ will scour any wilderness of our lives to save us when we are lost. There is no distance from the herd, no pack of wolves, no peril or danger from which God cannot save or redeem us. And when God does save us from any of these wildernesses, there is always great rejoicing from the highest heights of heaven to the lowest places on earth. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.